What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Stir Fry Let It Fly podcast. It's all about the NBA here. This episode is a special duo edition hosted by myself, James from Laker Nation, and Will. Hello, everybody. All right. So we are firmly into small sample size territory here, with most teams having played five games, some six so far. So let's do a quick round through the league. But first, let's start by talking about the new additions and the impacts they've made to their respective teams. So Will, we've got a bunch of different names on this list. We've got Dame, we've got CP3, we've got Porzingis, and even now, just recently, we've had James Harden change teams. Who has been the best new addition so far? I mean, obviously, record, its concern is uh, Porzingis, but... I think with or without him, Boston would have been around the same record. Uh, Dame has been on and off, sort of like a rookie again. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a good game, sometimes it's a really bad game. So I guess, you know, it does take time to adjust to a new coaching style and also new teammate, what they can and cannot do. But to answer your question, yeah, I, I guess... I guess I have to stick with Persingas for now. Yeah. Well, the Celtics currently stand at 4-0 and zero undefeated at the top of the East. I will say, with respect to Dame, I think you're right. They probably need more time to mesh. But what really worries me is the defense. Because the Bucks were one of the best defensive teams last year in the NBA. Uh, and this year, they are... Dun, 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 uh, in the bottom half of the league, actually. So they are number 27 as of five games played. And again, small sample size territory, but that is rough for them. Okay. Let's talk about a quick round through or a quick sweep through the NBA boom or bust edition. So this is basically our way of talking through the following statements and you deciding if it's boom, meaning it's true or bust, meaning it's false. Let's start here. Let's start with the Clippers. So the statement is the Clippers with James Harden will have a better regular season than the Phoenix Suns. True or false? Are we counting from the date of the trade? We're counting the regular season overall. I say true. True. So the the the, the Clippers currently at three and two, and the Suns currently at two and three. So similar-ish records. Yeah. The Clippers will have a better record. Yes, I think with the addition of Harden, um, mm -hmm. it does give them a lot more flexibility in the event and it will happen when when the, the the big two is down yeah i agree harden is what i like to think of as a regular season innings eater he's great for keeping your team afloat and giving you at least a solid seed heading into the playoffs uh and then that's when the big guns pg and Kawhi, can take over but the key thing as always with the clippers will be health yeah and the thing with Harden, it, this is contract year. It this is, is his last chance to show that he's still a somewhat max guy. Mm -hmm. If not, he he next contract he's gonna get is more like a two year twenty yeah. 
ish million. Yeah. But if he is able to take them to the next level, or I mean, at least you know, make sure that they are in playoff contention throughout the year. I mm-hmm. think. Um, I think there's a lot of things that Harden needs to prove and will be able to prove. Mm-hmm. So, in a recent press conference, I think it was yesterday's post game presser. Uh, Harden didn't play, of course. He, he'll probably play his first game as a Clipper against the Knicks next week. But in yesterday's game, Harden talked about how he was a system that Philadelphia kept him on a leash. Um, and basically, it was another way of saying that he didn't have the freedom to play Harden ball as he wants to be. So, well, do you think that there is a team in the NBA that is willing to give max or good money for Harden Ball? Non-playoff team. Mm, mm-hmm. That needs to be. That needs to get on the uh, on the salary. Right. Uh, you know, if I'm a non-playoff team, I would actually give him a one-year max mm. rather than like a two-year thirty, um, so that they can get off the contract if they want to and. And to get a big trade piece for a playoff contender team. Right. And I agree with that. I think if I'm looking at the roster, I mean, last year, the Spurs needed to take on extra salary to just make the floor. And so we're probably going to see other teams like that again, because there's a lot of really good teams in each conference, but they're also all going to try to load up at some point in the season. I guess the other half of that statement was more about the Suns. And so far, what we're seeing is Devin Booker's missed a few games. Bradley Beal has missed all of the games. Should we be concerned about the Phoenix Suns? Well, I've watched both games um, Suns played uh, versus my Spurs. I mean, they're small sample size, but the the whole iso ball thing is is really concerning i think mm. i mean obviously once you have beal then you might have a more of a dynamic uh passing game but i mean at the end of the day all three of them are iso ball dominant right yeah and i think the problem is they have role players who are shooters eric gordon and um, yuta watanabe uh, and defenders like um josh Akogi. but i think the now the I just, I guess, I'm still struggling because they gave up Aiton for to get Nurkic, and I don't feel like that was a good move for them because they should have just kept Aiton and seen what they had, right? Because Aiton's a better defender than Nurkic, and that's probably why, or that's probably what their team needs. Yeah, I think so too. But you never know behind closed doors. Mm, yeah, that's true. Aiton was becoming a bit of a chemistry issue for them with their previous coach and likely and with CP3 as well. Um, okay, how about this statement? True or false? The Celtics upgrade is better than the Bucks upgrade. And this time we're looking towards the regular season. So we're trying to project it forward as opposed to just thinking within the past five games. Oh, uh, I think it's true just because number one, the pieces that they gave up to get kp and holiday mm-hmm. it's likely i think it's less than what they uh they got bucks pay for be uh dame yes yeah and or they have already the good pieces in hand mm-hmm. so i think overall the team is dramatically better mm-hmm. uh no i'm gonna say dramatic but close enough but bucks got better offensively but you can also say they got the def- uh, much worse defensively yeah, and I think that 
that the the other side of that is if I'm looking at the first or best six or seven players on each of those rosters, the Celtics are not only deeper, but they have a better two three man group, right? So if we're ranking them in order, you would probably say if the Bucks and the Celtics played a series, number one would be Giannis, right? Number two would be Tatum. Who's number three? Brown, probably Brown, right? Would you pick Dame? I don't pick Dame over Brown. Never. I was never a big Brown mm, fan. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Especially the inconsistency. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. They're closer than you would think, just because of the defensive side of things, and we know the chemistry for the Celtics is there. And then, like the next few players are all from the Celtics. You'd pick Holiday. You'd pick Porzingis. You'd pick, I don't know who their other, Horford. The other thing is, we know that Dame, we know that Drew is a great perimeter defender, and he's going to be in a matchup between the two, the one who's guarding Dame. So one of the reasons why I would pick Brown over Dame is because I think that with Drew guarding Dame, Brown will have more of an impact in that series. And I think what Boston did was they actually upgraded the position they needed. Mm-hmm. They they never really had a true point guard um, that, you know, I Marcus Smart is not really a point guard. <laughs> not right? Marcus Smart? Um, uh. I mean, Holiday is definitely an upgrade of Marcus Smart defensive-wise yes. and the whole demeanor, locker room. Yeah. I think everybody kind of like Holiday. Yeah. And Persingas, if he can stay healthy, he is a good defender and he can stretch the floor by quite a bit. So... I mean, Bucks gave up some a point guard to get a point guard, mm-hmm. but it seems like Boston didn't really give up their core pieces to get an upgrade to the team. Yes, yes, and I agree. Um, okay, so this one, I am gonna go ahead and say I already agree with the statement, but I put I'll put it out there anyways. The statement is the Nuggets are better than last year and. Mike Malone is still the Lakers' daddy. I don't agree that they are a better team. It's just a more well-oiled oil machine rather than the actual team is mm-hmm. concerned. Mm-hmm. I think every team that comes out from a championship loses a lot of role players to mm-hmm. big contracts, mm-hmm. um, and rightfully so. And for people, for a team to get those missing pieces again mm-hmm. it's, it's harder and it takes time yeah i think the reason i would agree with the statement is just because right before our eyes we're seeing a lot of internal growth with the nuggets and we're seeing the nuggets maybe because they've already won the championship they're doing things they're a little bit looser on the court you're seeing Aaron Gordon, my guy, he's doing more stuff on the court that maybe at the start of his Nuggets tenure he wasn't even willing to do, right? He's not just cutting, he's not just shooting threes now, but he's also bullyballing. And I think that that's a sign as to the team culture, and that's probably why we're also looking at likely multiple All-Stars for the Nuggets, not just Jokic. Um, okay, here's another one. Wemby is the real deal. Yeah, I would say are are we expecting him to be all NBA first second or first team or second team in the next 3 years? Likely not depending um just because the center position there's not a whole lot of uh players that can make that team. So 
so that's why I, f- I, f- I emphasize on first and second team because you have to basically knock out Jokic or Embiid. Yes, that's so, right. So next three years, I doubt it. But to answer your question, for mm-hmm. sure, I think his skill set, mm-hmm. his height, mm-hmm. his, um, and his dribbling. You can't just you, you you just can't stop the, that guy. Yeah, that's fair. And the defense is fantastic, yes. right? So so okay, a lot has been made by the media um, and the NBA community about this budding rivalry between Wemby and Chet Holmgren of the OKC Thunder. Right? Here is yet another super tall, like he's seven one seven two, lanky kid who has, like, an insane skill set. Chet can dribble, Chet can shoot, Chet can block shots. Um, of course, Wemby is a lot more hyped up. But I guess my question isn't so much, will Wemby be better than Chet, but more so as, how well can Chet keep up with Wemby, do you think? I was just talking to you before the podcast. I think only reason why we're comparing the two is obviously because of the height because mm-hmm. of you know they're both quote-unquote rookies mm-hmm. but from from my eye test the way they play is so different yeah uh Holmgren, Holmgren, you seems to be more like a run and gun type of guy he r- runs the rim uh, a lot more than uh Wemby. yes so I, I don't think it's fair to compare two guys who just happen to be tall who happens to be a rookie. Although they were going at each other in their preseason game, and I know it was only preseason, but they also have a little bit of a history. I think when they were playing before they got in the NBA, oh, they yeah, played against so. each other too. Yeah. Um, and there's some smack talk, but I think that for me, the key difference is like Wemby will have every opportunity to be the number one guy early. And he's got a great coach to help bring him to that point. Whereas Chet doesn't have those expectations, nor will he have that opportunity because his team is a lot more loaded. I mean, it's good and bad for, for a rookie mm-hmm. um, to to not have to... Like, just look at Aiden, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when you get put in a position so early and the team is about ready to compete mm-hmm. with all the picks and, you know, Giddy, SGA, you know, the pressure might get to him. Yes. Uh on the flip side, I don't think Spurs is gonna rush Ramby at all. Yeah. So I think, you know, depending on the um, dynamic of the, of the player and the mindset, uh, I'd rather be in Ramby's position. Yeah. You take your time and you build good habits, right? Because I think that's what you want to do with especially young players, right? Like he has already such an insane skill set and you need the right kind of environment to help him grow with the right habits. Um, we don't want guys who are just like bod- bad body language or missing out on like important reads in the game. Um, and that could be a risk when you're in a bad team, right? Yeah. Like Houston. Yeah, that's true. But I think the Spurs culture is totally different. From oh, Houston. totally, totally, uh, totally. I think for for Wamby, if he makes a game-ending play that's bad, mm-hmm. no one cares. Mm-hmm. But if Chad... Loses the ball. Yes. That's another story, I think, at this point in OKC's progress. Yeah. So OKC, I I was just listening to this on their broadcast today. Um, Shea is, I believe, 25, maybe about to turn 26. Lou Dort is also 24. All the other guys, Giddy, J-Will, the two J-Wills, 
chat, they're all like 21 and under. That is a crazy young and good roster. And it kind of gives me the vibes of like the really, really young Russ, KD, Harden, OKC, where it's like there's so much potential, but you're just hoping that somehow they can stick together. They can just grow with the right habits, right? Because that kind of a team, like it fits. And I think that's the best you can hope for is a team that fits, that grows together. Uh, I don't, I'm not as, I'm not as positive about this whole situation, especially mm. with, with the new NBA. Mm. Um, people has brandings. Yeah. People have, you know, it's all about IG followers. Yeah. The, the allure of LA is always going to be there. I've already seen memes of Wemby in a Lakers jersey going around. And he looks great in the purple and gold. Yeah, so I think at some point OKC will trade one of these young pieces yeah. to to get a, a veteran person in the locker room if they feel this is the time to actually get serious. Yes. Yes. Because they have all the assets available. That's right. I don't think it's going to be the four or five guys that we we're we're mentioning right now. Um okay. Here's the next statement. Uh it is about Golden State, but it's not about who you might think. Uh the statement is this is going to be a Clay Thompson comeback year. Uh no. Mm, okay. Say more. I I think I've watched a handful of games this season. Clay, although his playing style doesn't require too much speed, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even call him a good defender anymore. Mm. He's slowed down so much, and they don't really need him. I don't think that the current play style fits Clay. Um, maybe it's a little bit different from before when he still have some sort of a speed um, and the team relies on the two guards right now he's not even playing guard I think yeah I think they're Steve Kerr is technically playing him as a four or sometimes a three but usually a four in this new NBA where it's a little bit more skill-based i.e. positionless um, the other reason I bring that up is because Clay's contract is going to expire and so he is up for a contract. And so the question then becomes, what do you do with him, right? Uh, he's not a max player at this point in time. But, I mean, he's done enough with the Warriors where you might give him like a legacy contract, right? But what is that legacy contract worth? Well, I mean, with the new second apron, obviously, I think Chris Paul is not going to stick around uh, next year. So the remaining money, you still also have to think about Kuminga yeah. and all the young rookies that might perform better and yeah. better. Yeah. Uh, I think Clay is actually going to get signed and trade to a team of his choice. Mm. Um, interesting. I, I have a hard time imagining Clay in a different uniform. But I also, like, he's a guy that you just root for because he's just so likable and candid um it'd be weird though 
Yeah, yeah I never imagined Tony Parker in another jersey. Yeah, that's true. He didn't look good in a Charlotte jersey. <laughs> exactly. That was so weird, man. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, on my part, like I do think that Clay is going to do better this year than he did last year. But you're right. I think this is sort of a diminished version, and we can't help it. Like he's older, and he's gone through such big injuries, right? Uh, so it's hard to really fully come back from that. Um, okay, two more, and then we can wrap this next. Oh, actually, three more. Let's see if we can breeze through this. The Wolves are a top five defense this season. So so far, five games in, they are in the top five. They are actually, I believe, they're number one as of five games. Uh, for the rest of the season, will they be a top five defense? Which historically is translated into a pretty solid playoff seeding. I would want to say yes, but I think the answer is no. Mm. What's their record right now? They are, uh, they are four and oh two and two. Two and two. two. And two. Yes. I think once they start falling off the playoff contention, mm-hmm. that's when the defensive play SR team is going to drop dramatically. Mm. And I don't think Timber Wolf is a playoff team. Yes. So, uh, do you think so? You know, the West is so hard to say. I, I, if I'm really ranking my my Western Conference playoff teams, I would put them in that group in the middle. That's like, okay, sure, they can make it, but that might also mean it's because the other teams in that group have had injuries or something. Right? Yeah. So I think once they are, if they are able to maintain their playoff contention, mm-hmm. then I think the defensive. It, the the rating will will stay. Yeah. But once they're gone, people don't care. Well, because if we really think about their roster, right? They have Ant, who is a great defender. They have Jaden McDaniel's, who is also a great defender, and then they have that guy in the middle, who Cyrus loves, yeah. who is former two time Defensive Player of the Year, right? And while he is an offensive donut, the guy still is pretty solid on defense. So they have, I guess you could say, they have the personnel to be a good defensive team. The question is, to your point, like it's got to translate to wins, yes. right? And if it doesn't, then There's just empty know. stats at that point, Exactly. Right? And we know that culture is is fragile, yes. right? Um, okay, here's another one for you. The worst team in the league is, and this is a fill in the blank, what is the worst team in is the league? Is this trivia? Well, no, actually, I... I'd like you to take a try to answer that. Grizzlies? <laughs> <laughs> the O and 6. We just finished, by the way, uh, watching an overtime loss by the Grizzlies to the dun, 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 Portland Trailblazers without Anthony Simmons, without uh, their rookie as well. Um, Mind you, they were away, though. <laughs> <laughs> Are you concerned about the Memphis Grizzlies? Uh, Owen six. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, concern as in, are they going to miss the playoff? Yes. I don't think they will. I think they will squeeze in in the play-in. Okay. 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 Let, let, let's do this then. Um, let's do the teams. That, right now, Memphis is obviously at the bottom of the conference, right? Because they're 0-6, yeah. worst record. Let's see if Memphis can leapfrog these teams, keeping in mind that Jaw is out until sometime in December, right? So we've only played six games, meaning 19 more games minimum out. 
no Steven Adams for the rest of the year, no Brandon Clark. So let's just keep that in mind. Okay, Denver Nuggets, they're not going to jump over them, right? Golden State Warriors, are they going to jump over them? No. No, okay. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, yeah. Maybe. The Pelicans are 4-1 and one right now. Okay. Uh, Lakers? Maybe. Clippers? No. Okay. Uh, Thunder? No. Wolves? Yes. Kings? No. Suns? No. Jazz? That's a maybe. You realize you have more no's and maybes, which I haven't even mentioned one Dallas Mavericks. Maybe. Right? And so the thing is, I think that this Owens... So they play Portland one more time. Uh, I think their next game is against Portland again. They cannot lose that game. Because you only, in the West, you only have so many quote-unquote tanking slash gimme games, right? And the Portland one is one of them where really Portland has nothing to play for. They're just trying to develop their guys, right? I think Grizzlies going to make a move soon. Ooh, okay. I think they might need someone to replace Steven Adams. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's worth it since they do have some assets in hand yeah. to to give up a, 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 a maybe a medium protective first round pick for a... Uh, a, t- a big guy who the other team is likely not going to resign anyways. Yes. So I think this current roster is not going to be the end of year roster. So let's say they get a big guy. So, okay, hang on. I guess let's backtrack here a little bit. Steven Adams is a necessary player for the Grizzlies because of what he does for Jaron Jackson, right? So Jaron Jackson is a big guy, but he sucks at rebounding right? He's a great defender, but he's limited at rebounding, which unfortunately is what you need to do when you play center for a team. He plays center. They don't have anything right now. Um, So Steven Adams is necessary. Not to mention Steven Adams is a great screen setter. So these are skill sets that they are missing rebounding and screen setting right now. Who do you think who I have in mind? Who do you have in mind? Al Hartford. You think Boston would let Horford go? I think if KP, if KP mm-hmm. is what it's advertised, mm-hmm. I think they would actually trade Horford's salary for a couple pieces. Interesting. Or, or on that note, what about former Celtic Rob Williams? Yeah, that so would Time work Lord, too. and he's on the Blazers. So the Blazers have a uh, a. a too many centers, right? They have Aiden, they have Williams. Um, And so it becomes a matter of the Blazers have assets that teams are going to want. And I'm sure we're going to hear these names come up again. We're going to hear the names Rob Williams. We're going to hear the names Malcolm Brogdon come up again and again. And Jeremy Grant. I think... I think think Portland is just about to sell everybody if the price is right. Yeah, as they should, right? And we were just talking about this beforehand. Like, there is a version of this where maybe even teams like the Clippers try to get Jeremy Grant, right? And so they give the Blazers youth, and in turn, they pick up a guy who could help them win in the short term. And the worse the team does, or the worse the roster is, is, Mm -hmm. the easier to tank. Yeah. Purposely. Yes, that's right. So for the record, the other answer that you could have filled the blank in with was the Washington Wizards. 
the Jordan Poole led Washington Wizards, which is such a joke because this guy is treating an NBA game like a schoolyard playground. That is not that that's ridiculous, man. Like the things he's pulling in an NBA game, he clearly, I think, doesn't care about winning. Right. Like the stuff that he's pulling is the stuff that drove the Warriors crazy when they had him. And you've heard Draymond actually come out in an interview and say the chemistry last year was terrible. And this year it's been great. What's the difference? It's this one dude who's now in Washington. Yeah, but it's Draymond. It is Draymond. Talking. It is, but Draymond is also sort of the 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 hub of the Warriors' chemistry, right? He's the talker. He's the leader, right? Um, so that makes sense. Like, uh, I think that's a coaching... I mean, if Steve Kerr can't figure this out, mm-hmm. I don't think a team that, that, they, that don't care about winning at this point can't... Well, are you going to bench him yeah. for three years? Yeah, that's true. And I think the Wizards... They're incentivized to do two things. One, they're incentivized to suck and get a better pick. And two, they're incentivized to actually boost Jordan Poole's stats so that they can trade him for stuff, right? So I think that makes sense. Yeah, with the way they're playing right now or with the way he's playing right now. Yeah. And the attitude and the demeanor. It's going to be hard-pressed to get a a serious contender to... Yeah. To do that well and that's the thing he just came from a serious contender right so like he got dumped by a serious contender he did yeah that's true it, those things stick but then again harden also didn't work out with a couple of serious contenders quote unquote and others are still looking into him yeah that's uh, true so there you go uh all right everyone we will wrap there thanks for tuning in to another episode of the stir fry let it fly podcast this is a special duo edition hopefully we will have our buddy cyrus back next time we will catch you all on the next one remember to follow us on our socials at stir fry pod on ig and twitter go grizzlies